0: G'day, I'm James. Welcome to this episode of the ozf one show, Our pre-drinks for Portimao, which is a race primer, really. It's just the best way of saying it, which is massive thanks to Tommy T for this name. And uh, I'm joined by said Tommy T. Hello, mate. G'day. And Campy. Hello there, best beard.
1: Gentlemen, how are you? He does have the best beard. i freshly shaven. Freshly shaved, can confirm, looking the goods. <laughs> you can't see us for this my episode, looking, but he looks well, amazing. My head's looking a bit better for our future Good head for radio, video that's definitely for sure. Here, definitely.
0: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Campy's taken on your feedback, and he's gone and trimmed his beard, but he hasn't
1: replaced his beanie. Haven't taken on your feedback. No, I washed <laughs> it. washed it for me, actually. What <laughs> <laughs> way too smelling good Smelling like here. Jesus at the moment, <laughs> <I> can confirm. <laughs>
0: Wow. Uh, Please let me know where to get that sent Uh. from. Uh, Boys, there's been a couple of things that have happened uh, since Imola. And the first that I'd like to talk about is Miami. The confirmation that uh, car park racing is back. Um, I don't think it's all that exciting. But Tommy T, you've seen the virtual lap around the racetrack. What do you think?
2: Uh, For a car park, it looks pretty good, to be honest. It looks like we're going to have enough straights enough kind of like slow corners where you could brake late. That's kind of what we've been asking for. These modern cars don't like old tracks, and now they're starting to make modern tracks to fit the cars. But like we were kind of talking about before the podcast, Campy was mentioning we've got ground effect cars, so it'll be really interesting to see how that takes effect.
1: Yeah, the Sector 3 looked pretty tight, like a a Mexico, like that um – through the stadium, through kind of the section. stadium section. Yeah. But the rest of it was quite fast and flowing, which did remind me of like a Sochi or a Paul Ricard. I just hope that. And the sim looked nothing like a car park. It looked like a normal track to it me. Did, didn't so it, yeah. I didn't notice the car park at all. Yep. But knowing American and what their roads look like, it'll probably be concrete and not actually tarmac. True. it look more like an IndyCar race sort of yeah. setup in one of the cities. Yep. But, um,. Yeah, I think it'll be – I think it'll be good. I think we need an open mind to it. I think we need to stay positive. At least F1's changing it up and trying different things, um, especially tracks. I mean, new tracks are always good and exciting. So Mm. that'll be fun. But as you said, the ground effect car's coming into next year. We don't know what these cars are going to operate like Mm. around when it comes to following other cars, particularly getting um, – passing as well. So it's – I mean, this year we're sort of at the pinnacle of the turbo hybrid – Next year we've still got a turbo hybrid vehicle, but the aerodynamics have Mm. changed. And we really – we can speculate. I mean, I know F1's done a whole lot of simulations around what it'll do, but until we're on track, we don't really know. And you're
2: right, James, it is a car park, but I have a feeling that because it's such a long contract, 10 years, it's going to end up more like an Albert Park, which is going to be a dedicated – purpose-built track around the venue, which is the Hard Rock Stadium and Surround. So I think we can expect it to evolve in that direction where it becomes kind of a circuit that exists all the time in these public roads until the, the month around the, dra- the race. Could be pretty
1: bare bones for next year as well. I think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Oh, look, street circuits exist, as you say, Tommy T, Albert Park, Singapore – Azerbaijan, you know, if you look at, uh, I th- was it a Grand Tour episode and the boys of the Grand Tour rocking so up good. to Azerbaijan uh, and trying to figure out where the racetrack was because obviously <laughs> when you take the barriers. We're like, are we on it? I don't even know. So, yeah, look, I think you're right, Campy, in terms of keeping a positive mind. More racing is good racing. Uh, not that <laughs> the, the drivers would probably agree or at least the teams. It's a lot of travel and it's it's very full on. Uh, I think Daniel Ricardo said in an interview, last week or the week before, that there is really no downtime anymore. It's uh, rolling all the time, uh, which is, you know, it's good for the fans to be able to watch that. Uh, Not so good for Canadian fans, though. We've uh, discovered that Canada is being replaced by Turkey this year. We didn't mind the Turkish Grand Prix, Campy. Uh, Is this a, a good replacement for Canada?
1: I like Turkey. Turkey's a good track. It's been established for a long time. I think Mark Webber got his first win there in 2009 or 10, from memory. Um, Good track. I really like it. I think it should stay on the grid. I I think it was a shame for it to to be lost. But, yeah, Canada's a good track too. It's a shame for the fans, Mm. but their government's a lot like our Victorian government down here. Couldn't make a decision that makes sense to save themselves. I mean, they're they're in the same position as us. Their coronavirus yep. numbers are super low, got under control, but they're obviously squeezing that that rod of mm. keeping everyone safe pretty tightly, which is a shame. It's a shame for the fans. It's a shame for Stroll and Latifi. Um, but hey, we'll move on. I think, I think, um, I think the Wall of Champions going onto that first straight—that's yeah. the corner that that yeah, makes no. that track what it is. Very similar to Albert Park too. Yeah, if you look at. Like the way the track races, mm-hmm. um, the city it's in, it's around a park, it's around a you know, it's around a lake as well. So yep. um to Shane, So we'll get to see it in Melbourne anyway. So yeah.
2: I I like it. I think it's a good one to go to. I think it's um yeah, it's disappointing, but it won't be for too long. And Turkey is a pretty good replacement. It's like we're going somewhere useless, like Jeddah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still are. <laughs> or,
0: oh. or two races, two races. In yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, well, look, it's a shame for uh, someone like Michael Amanato to not be able to enjoy the poutine for the race, but good for us <laughs> because the time of the race will be a lot better Very good. <laughs> to watch Turkey rather than <laughs> Canada. Correct. Uh, yeah. Now, my favorite story to talk about uh, in Formula One is the Williams Story story and Campy's favorite story <laughs> saga.
1: <laughs> Campy. <laughs> What the hell's well, going on is, here with this bloke? This is a story that just keeps on giving Now, Is this
2: an allegedly story or is this a real story? Yeah,
1: no, look, there's some truth in it. I've been holding off for a long time about talking about because I don't want to talk about Rich Energy and Haas because like, it's easy to make jokes about it. Um, whatever happened from the business, William's story has now reacquired the business. They're actually sponsoring a team in the, um, in the, the British Superbike Championship over there. They put in a bid, which was a substantial bid for a, a football club over there. I can't remember which one it was, but it was—I think it was the not the Premier League team, but it was just the league under. He's got some genuine cash behind him, and it's not public yet. But what everyone is insinuating is that it's uh, Nikita Mazepin's father is the one who is backing William's story. Wow! So. It's As for the drink, you can't buy it. We can't find it. I looked this week. Seriously. And I saw one, like, three drinks for, like, $75 or something. <laughs> so It's where the cash is coming I from. I think <laughs> this guy and what he's actually doing is he's taking, he's taking, like, an Amazon's worldview on business. Let's build right. the brand before it actually makes money and does everything. <laughs> and he's obviously got some cash in his pocket in order to do so. Got to. We know the guy... Looks a certain way, and I don't care about the way he looks. I think it's good for F1 to have somebody different. I've said it looks that like before. Camping. I was going to say it's like looking oh. <laughs> in a
2: mirror. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lads. You walked into that one, to be honest. I, I did. I <laughs> tried <laughs> hard to not say anything. Tommy led me down the path.
1: <laughs> but the guy's got some cash behind him. Now, if I'm Nikita Mazenpin's billionaire father, And he wants to buy a race team for his son like Lawrence Stroll has. The most viable option is to buy Haas because that's where he's in. He's already putting money into it. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that next year Gene Haas walks away, takes a whole lot of cash from Mazepin's dad and it is branded as the Rich Energy Ural Carlyle. The Uh, the Russian tractor, whatever the hell it's called. And, uh, I mean, if you look at William, look, the guy's a piss taker. He came out and he did a tweet a while back which just said, uh, Mick Schumacher's only here for marketing value, but Nikita (laughs) Mazabin is genuinely a future world champion. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, for us, I mean, (laughs) on the surface, the guy looks like he's full of shit, right? (laughs) But he has got something in his back pocket to, to back up his statements and there's obviously a hell of a lot of money flying around and we could see this once the F1 car launches yeah. with the branding that's when the product starts rolling out and he's already generated probably enough sales to cover himself for the first you know everyone will give it a try we'll laugh at it and we'll take the piss out of it because that's what we do but I think there's some genuine um a genuine chance of of rich energy sponsoring. Making a uh, comeback. Making a comeback, So, which is interesting. Wow. The only other thing that could possibly happen is the F1 uh, organisation itself will veto the decision and say, <laughs> we, don't, we don't want you here. Not again. Yeah, not again. <laughs> and they might veto uh, Mazepin's dad buying the company as well, so we just don't really know. We know <laughs> F1 – to even get in the paddocks hard enough, they tightly control their branding and Big time. who owns what and who races what. So it'll be interesting, but I've I've held off for a while. But uh, I think it's probably more certain to be a reality than not.
0: If you are listening uh, and you are from Rich Energy, we're not interested in you sponsoring this podcast. This is I want to try one. <laughs>
2: one. I don't want to be a sponsor. I want to have to see if it's real. Yeah,
1: uh, maybe you can not use superior su- superior ingredients apparently. <laughs> Is that a shots at Red Bull? Shots.
2: <laughs> it's just
1: Red and Bull good. rebranded. Well, when he was sponsoring Haas, yeah, well, how funny was it? like we've terminated our contract because Haas should be on par with Red Bull. <laughs> it's like, You've got what? an energy <laughs> drink. Yeah, our energy drink's good enough, so our F1 team should be as well. Zero understanding of how that works. It. Uh, uh, well, yeah, look, that's, that's
0: too much time talking about him um, and I'm sad that it's probably going to be a case that we have to talk about him again in the future. Let's move on and talk about uh, sprint race qualifying because this is now something that has been agreed upon and we're going to see it at least three times this year. Tommy T, sprint racing, uh, had to explain it to you a little bit and you're already in the paddock, which is this going to be confusing <laughs> for people just watching the sport for the first time?
2: I thought I had an idea, but it's just – it's hard enough to get your head around like we – so we practice and then we qualify on a different day and then we race on a different day and now we've just thrown another spatter in the loop. So quicker to run through it, we're going to have a practice and a normal qualifying on Friday. Then we're going to have another practice and a sprint race, which will set the grid for Sunday's race. So basically two races leading into one another, the results defining the other one starting. Sounds good on paper, but if you don't know sprint racing, there's no pit stops – It's a limited distance and genuinely with the cars that we've got now, I don't think we're going to see much overtaking or changes of where people qualify. There's not enough distance, there's not enough jeopardy of pit stops and all those kind of things to throw spanners in and change strategies. The strategy is stay out there. So I don't know what it's trying to fix really because it's going to really be the same as what qualifying is.
1: Mm. I think the problem will be if there's an incident safety car, genuinely, if you've got to come out or even a uh, virtual, they're going to be out for a minimum of five to ten minutes, really. Mm. That is just going to affect the on-track racing and that's what i probably – that's where I'm most cynical about the idea. But in saying that, I don't mind if I'm trying things. Do I think it'll work? Do I think it'll be a colossal failure? Absolutely. (laughs) Will it work? Absolutely not. (laughs) But – I mean, we don't need to tinker with qualifying. Qualifying we've got right, yes, and we learnt that a couple of years ago when we had that horrible um, new qualifying idea come in for two races, mm. and they reverted back to the old one. Um, in saying that, I think they're trying to they're trying to make it a bit more amusing for fans, but for real fans, I just don't think I don't think you get to buy into the storylines of the weekend as mm. much with with limited practice. And, a, and a, a race that gives out points to the top three—it's yeah. only going to give points to the top three cars, the top two cars in yeah. Mercedes and and Red Bull. Mm. And I actually think if you were to do it every race weekend, it would be in those qualifying results which would sort out the world championship
2: for sure. And I think what they're trying to do is shift some of the stakes further across the weekend rather than just like the last thing on Saturday and Sunday. So you can basically not tune in, which, to be honest, hand up. I don't tune in a lot of practices. They're going to make it that you have to tune in on Friday, Saturday and Sunday to watch all of these things that affect points. Which I, think, is I think the plan – is that
0: Campy? I think you're right, though, in terms of and something that I hadn't thought of. But the the storyline over a whole weekend is from a someone who's really into the sport is very interesting. So from FP one all the way through to you know lights yeah. out on Sunday. If you're invested in the sport, yes, you like you get to talk about it and, and see you know even and we'll talk about Alpine, Alpine rather over the last um couple of days have shown true pace and then came to qualifying and that wasn't so great, but uh, that kind of conversation point is interesting and you know, I like Discord chat, it was good to talk about that sort of stuff. But also from Tommy's point, uh like that short, sharp racing, trying to get more fans engaged and all that sort of meat that Liberty Media hype of wanting to get more people engaged with the sport is kind of where it's going. But I think you're right, I don't think it needs changing. It's it's not broken the, the current is, situation. This is the
2: netflixification of our sport. <laughs> and I'm not here for it. Oh,
1: I'm a purist <laughs> at heart. I'm a purist at heart. Just don't change things when they're working.
2: When you're trying it's to beautiful. draw
0: similarities to 2020 cricket, I start being very dubious. <laughs> <laughs> well, 20, <laughs>
1: 2020 cricket's good, but it's like – It's a different I, sport. I, it's yeah. not – I can I can sit and watch a test match for five days straight. Yep. I can't watch 2020 cricket because it's just a different – it's a totally different game. Mm.
0: Um. Anyway, it's a different yeah. category of if, sport. If that's
1: the way F1's trying to go with it, I think they're – i will end up with ego on their face, but we need to be, we need to be happy, we need to support, it. at least they're trying things, mm. um, at least they want to get new people yes. uh, engaged with the sport, more people following, it's ultimately better for us because we've got more to talk about yep. as the sport grows, and, and that's what it really is. I'm not sure if the sport's making money at the moment. I think this Liberty. will make
2: money though because you've got three marketable days to sell. And mm. up tickets and advertising and everything will go with that. Whereas Fridays are like half price tickets. No one turns up. It's for like kids and parents who don't want to spend all the money on like a Sunday. Yeah. So I can see why they're trying to like add more value to those other days.
1: I, I get it. But with 23 races in the calendar year this year, yeah, I mean, that's, that is a hectic amount of races for teams and drivers. As you said, it's not like we've got a time – like a four or five month period between the end of the last race and the start of the first one. It now is just going to be rolling consistently through year in, year out. We're not going to have much of a break. We'll get a month off between uh, in our summer break and we might get a couple of months off between uh, the start and March, Mm. this race of the year. So, but as for drivers and teams, it doesn't allow them much space. So I can see why they're trying to change the weekend setup. So it's a, Bit more, less taxing on the teams. But
2: it's going to, you've got a race now. So you've yeah, got to be into race yeah. sim. It's not a race sim, it's a friggin' race like that you've got to add. So you're doubling the amount of races the year and reducing the amount of practices and time to work and improve the car. Yeah. So who knows? It, it could throw more spanners in the works because of that, because teams are just less prepared and more fatigued. Yeah. And if you have an who
0: event knows? like Valtteri Bottas and George Russell, you know, that's a whole new yes. chassis times In two. a sprint race, you could be out for Sunday. Uh, correct. It's, you know, or the yep. or at least the mechanics will not be very happy with <laughs> the drivers having to work <laughs> overnight True. to fix that. And My
1: biggest worry for it is that we see a Saturday qualifying race which is a shorter version of the race on Sunday. Yeah. It's like exactly the same story, the exactly same things yep. happen. Up the top, top five. Yeah. That's, that's the worry for me. but At least the anyway. uh, the
0: editors at uh, Fox Sports and KO, instead of having to do KO minis of the race, they can just show that and it'll be the same <laughs> result. Just show that one instead. <laughs> and they're lazy enough to make just that thing anyway. Well oh, they
1: can show me some more ads while they're doing it. I'll see they put oh, more ads this weekend. Dickheads.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's so under... I hate having to pay money to watch my sport Seriously. on this bloody platform anyway, uh, the two tracks that are tipped to be, so there's three uh, tracks that will host this sprint racing qualifying this year uh, the two tracks according to Lawrence Breto, who's a senior F1 rider is Silverstone and Monza, so that's something that at least, you know, those are good and decent tracks um, and we have known obviously Monza from um, previous years has shown some interesting racing, so maybe uh, maybe Seb Vettel will just you know, go full rage, <laughs> no brakes quit through <laughs> turn one <laughs> we, can,
2: we can talk about our boy. He's looking all right. He yeah. might be coming back.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he, he lives. He lives.
2: <laughs> yes, let's
0: talk about Seb Vettel because uh, there's been a lot of negativity around him for a long time, to be honest. Even before the first two races for this year, he wasn't looking that great. Even in practice, he wasn't looking that great. He was behind Lance Stroll. But Quali puts it in tenth. He made it actually into uh, into okay. Q3, which was really really good. Mm. Um, Campy, what are your mm. thoughts on on this? Because he doesn't have the updates to the car that Lance Stroll does.
1: You got to be joking me! It's what they did last year with Perez. <gasps> weird. Uh, weird. Favorite, I, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he probably hasn't deserved him to this point. Yep, Look, that's I, I said I think I said after race weekend one, I think he's cooked. <laughs> I think he's done. But we need to give him the six races he comes out and beats Stroll in qualifying and races in the next four races, then he deserves that seat. Yep. And that's what he needs to do. Qualifying will be good for his confidence, whether he just pulled the lap out of his backside because his practice times weren't as good as Stroll's Ooh. and he still looked like he was struggling. But he, he got into Q3, which is good. Stroll pinned his lap, which meant he was out in Q1. Um, yeah. Just keep doing – look just beat Stroll every week and every chance Mm. that you get and the pressure will be off you. Yeah. But but I think he's cooked.
2: It seems like the updates that they're bringing, even though Seb hasn't got all of them, some of the things they're working on, they're getting a bit more balance in that car, dealing with the high-rake thing, the low-rake stuff that they've Mm. been trying to overcome. But positive to see that he's still got it. Like. Did not expect it from what we saw in practice. Good that uh, nope. Aston
0: Martin's actually decided to invest in the car to imp- improve the car rather than just threatening to sue the FIA to improve the car because I don't <laughs> think that's how that works. But anyway, someone tell yep. someone tell them that. No, it is good.
1: Uh, but I look at I look at I look at it from last year. Look how far ahead Checo was above mm. Stroll consistently yep. three and a half four tenths better than Stroll in qualifying. If Stroll was in that car this sorry, if Perez was in that car this year. Mm. I think he'd be pantsing both Stroll and Vettel. He'd be in Q3 consistently. And he'd be, Q3 and he'd be yeah. still in that top six, seven drivers on the grid. So that's where they need to be. Whether they get there, they've got all the excuses under the sun. Hmm. But, For sure.
2: Yeah. Who, who else was out in Q1? Can we – Our we have, boy, Danny. Uh, oh, we have to talk about, it, to I talk
0: know, about it. I know, but if I just don't – I'm if, not ragging
1: on my boy. The, uh, I still have faith in my boy. The vision is based Look, on this is what I know about. this is what I know about Danny Ricker. Right? This is what I know about him. He's the only guy to go – toe-to-toe with Max Verstappen for more than just one race. Mm. He beat the guy for two and a half years consistently. In the third year, he was – after seven races, he was 40 points up on him on the championship with two race wins and then his bad luck, the worst streak ever. Yeah. I know in Renault he struggled with the car at the start, but he was up against a lesser driver, and he picked it up and brought that team to podiums consistently and dominated Ocon last year. This year he's moved across – and it's been pretty grim from a qualifying standpoint. I mean, he's it's two one in qualifying, but yeah. But Danny's been behind Norris in races and every session except for a couple of qualifiers where he got lucky. Yep. I didn't like to see how far Danny Rick was off off the pace to Lando. That's not what I want to see. But I know Danny Rick is a professional. He'll be pissed off. We don't need to talk about it. He knows. We don't need to give him shit. He knows better than anyone else. But I think give him six races again in this car and he'll adapt. He said it last week. He said I was miles better from practice after race one. From race one to race two, I was way better. Mm -hmm. After this weekend, he's going to come away. He's going to learn a lot more. I think Monaco Monaco is Danny Rick's track. He'll be pencilling that in as his track where he goes, right, I've sorted this car, I now know its limits. And he'll put it in the top three in qualifying in Monaco and he'll get his first podium. That's what I know about Danny Rick. In saying that, it's bloody tough to watch because (sighs) my emotions about a race weekend is dictated on how well or how (laughs) bad Danny Rick does. And when I saw him go out in Q1... I was just like...
2: Uh, it's been years. I think I said 2019 was the uh,
1: last time. Would have been Austria 2019, I reckon. Yeah, a long time I was, ago. I was gutted. I mean, I was, listening... I was gutted for the guy.
2: Yeah. Gutted. Listening to him in, I think it was post-practice two, talking to the guys at Sky, he was talking about how just different this car is to drive, and like he's like, I'm not making mistake, I'm not making excuses, but... It is very different. He's like, my driving style works for some of the time, but then other times I have to drive it this style. And he's like, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to give feedback. And it sounds like he's trying not to criticise the team, but he's also saying, you guys aren't doing things right because you've had signs and Lando giving you information. He's like, I'm a more experienced driver than both of those guys and I'm telling you this is what needs to happen. These are the change we need to make. This is the direction we need to take the car, et cetera, et cetera but he can't really do that now. It's got to be a slow development for the rest of the year and into the future. So he's trying to combat those things as well as trying to change his driving style for half of the corners. The guy's trying to do so much mental maths while driving and trying to drive like someone else. He's going to have mistakes like this. And here's the cherry on top
1: for me. Is McLaren going to win a world championship this year? Absolutely not. They don't have the race pace compared to the Red Bulls and the Mercedes. Next year we go to a whole totally different aerodynamic um, car and they will have to change the way they drive again. So we know that Danny Rick, he's driven three different cars over six seasons and he's now going into a whole new aerodynamic thing. Mm-hmm. He, he's an adaptable as a driver and he's going to be in the top 5% all the time of everyone on the grid. So next year, when the car completely changes, he will be the one that's going to be able to adapt because he's got the experience yep. over the last five years driving three different three different manufacturers. Because it's all
2: twenty drivers will be in the same situation he's same in now. Situation, yeah. but he
1: will be able to adapt better than anyone else. Not that I'm worried about what happens next year because Danny Rick will be a world championship world champion driver at some stage in our lifetime. But it's just frustrating to watch at the moment. Man. <sighs> People but,
2: are ragging on him. But we can see the car has pace is the problem. We can see it has pace because Lando's doing so well. Yeah. 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 He's just, Lando's is – There a, could be something s- wrong with the chassis.
1: There could be something wrong somewhere that no one's found out about. It's like buying a musical instrument. You can get two identical instruments. Mm. One can sound flippant amazing and get tones that no one – that make you want to cry. They're that good. <laughs> and then you take the exact same guitar and it's – it's exactly the same every single way, and it's just not that good. Yeah. So I'm sure it's a bit like that in car world too.
0: Yeah, and he's he said, you know, that, that he's working with McLaren on updates to the car, which will suit his style better. Um, look, at the end of the day, you're right, Lando has developed this car for two years into the position where it's at, and I've now got a Mercedes power unit in the back of it, and the arrows working really well, and... Yeah. They're challenging for, you know, they're the third best team on the grid being challenged by Ferrari. Uh, and I think that's a good place to be. Lando is second ahead in quality though from Danny Rick was like, Oh, okay. That's Sad. really depressing. But you're right, Campy. Nothing. We've to never it. seen that. Never. We've never seen that ever. And, you know, he looked, I've, I managed to find, because Sky didn't interview him at the end of quality, but I managed to find uh, a paddock pass interview with him and, He, like, obviously disappointed, but he's never the kind of person that really just throws his toys out of the cot. Uh, And, you know, at the end of it, he's like, you know, I'll sleep it off. You know, and he will. And we know Mm. from chatting with Michael Italiano last week that he's really well-supported. And, you know, Michael yep. will reset, although he won't have uh, access to the uh, Spotify playlist to help him reset musically. He'll help him reset <laughs> and get him into a better headspace. And if nothing else, look at last year and Kimi Raikkonen starting almost in exactly the same yeah. position with sixth by the end yep. of the first corner on the second okay. lap. So, look, yep. there's plenty of opportunities for, for Daniel to move forward tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, the, the track is not is still pretty green. Like, it's not as weathered in as it is. As you know, maybe sure. could be so. Anything can happen. Basically, is what I'm saying. So hard to watch, though, Campy. As as you say, uh, oh, I'll
2: in-
1: tell you who looked good.
2: Who looked
0: good,
1: Carlos? Oh Sons.
0: yeah, I was about to say Carlos. Talk to he's us.
1: He's looking. He's looking very good. Of Consistently the- this weekend, he was. He was. Two tenths faster than Leclerc. Yep, yep. and this was one of my predictions that once he gets in his car and once he figures out how to drive it, he's going to Leclerc. Of the
2: new drivers, he's the one that's picked up his car the quickest. I
1: think we have seen that. I'm not sure about race pace. I can't remember about the times. I haven't looked at, into that on their long run strategies. But for Saans to be comfortably ahead of Leclerc, if he does this over the next couple of races next week in Spa, gets a bit of a uh, Spain, sorry, gets a bit of a roll on. I think is going to be uh, demoted to number two driver well, pretty quickly.
2: Leclerc qualifies well. That's his skill. So yeah. if he can't even do that right, he's yeah. in trouble.
0: Yeah. Carlos is very impressive. to see from Carlos. He's very, very impressive. Yeah. And as we said at 2019, at the end of that, our first season, boys, Carlos is our you know, most improved driver, I think Ferrari are lucky to have him, quite honestly, because he, he is yeah. doing very, very well. He has, though, had more time, and Paul DeRester even said this, one of the few things that I'll agree with Paul DeRester on, uh, is that Carlos has had more time in a Ferrari, learning Ferrari systems and even Fiorano in older cars, but still same systems than, you know, someone like Daniel Rick has had uh, in yes. a McLaren, and learning McLaren systems. Which is things just
2: like learning buttons, learning switches, so, still, learning...
1: Still, Danny Rick still hasn't done 500 laps. Mm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so. so...
2: Just getting acclimatised to the Ferrari languages are used in the car is just important. And that's what Danny needs, it's just time. Yep. Yeah, McLaren will be... Ocon look,
0: McLaren will be watching over their shoulder, as I said... Uh, sorry, as I was going to say, for yeah. Alpine as well. Because uh, Ocon and even Fernando were, were driving that car very
2: well this weekend. I think they've had some updates, and I think they've worked to be honest, like that car looked completely different. It looked way more balanced than it did at Imola. way better power delivery from that crappy crappy Renault but
1: <laughs> well if you look at if you look at where Alpine or Renault was Renault, <laughs> was, that Renault. <laughs> was that last year they had tracks where they were really good, and then yeah. the other tracks they were behind uh yeah. Racing, racing points point. yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Jekyll and Hyde That car last year Yeah it was yeah. So it doesn't surprise me That they come to a track Where the car's good And it looks good But I just <laughs> get frustrated Because Danny Rick Was three and a half Four tenths Consistently better Than Ocon last year yep. That would have put him in B3 this weekend mm. Yeah And looking really quick I, I, I don't want to write Alpine off And to say they've got a bad car This year Because I mean, look at their trajectory since they've come back into the sport. It's yep. been pretty good and they've been pretty consistent other than really the, the 2019 year was probably their worst year that they had. Yep. So anyway, look, it'll be like, interesting to see off on. I think Alonso's got a – he's not performing as I thought he would, but uh, um, even he said, I'm not driving at my best. I'm yep. still figuring it out. So,
2: What about the uh, the top two teams, Mercedes, Red Bull? No, No one went better in Q3, so – Usually we're looking at, like, the last second someone's bettering a lap after the chequered flag's flown in Q3. It didn't happen. No
1: one improved. Hamilton went in Q2 a 117, Yeah, which was the fastest time we've seen all weekend. On mediums. Could, on mediums. But couldn't – oh, no, I was on sauce on it. No, they was on mediums, mediums yeah. Couldn't, rep, couldn't replicate it. Now, it's been pretty windy over there. Track conditions are changing, mm. and we know how sensitive these cars are. Mm. Just looks like to me at the end of Q two that was the best time, um, best track conditions to put your lap down. Hence yep. why I yes. didn't do it. I mean, I'm stoked for Valtteri. Yes, yeah. yeah. So good. Bit of good luck his way. He, well, uh, he's my he's my tip for the championship this year. It's not looking good start. He's had two pretty dismal performances. But this could be the weekend that picks it up imagine he wins tomorrow gets the start that's what he needs if he gets the start ain't no one passing him on this track yeah gets the start all good would you
2: prefer to be hamilton or verstappen in third on the clean side
1: uh, it's hard to know i don't know if i'd want to be on the dirty side i don't know i don't know but i think strategically mercedes will take a one two if hamilton Sorry, if Bottas and Hamilton, or either way, they're one-two off the start. Yeah, they will race, and they won't let them race. They'll take the strategic points in the constructors' championship. Yep. Tomorrow, but if imagine if Bott, we know Bottas is good around Spain. Imagine he wins two on the trot next weekend, and gets a little rolling. Getting That's ahead of Exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and my boy is like, you know, he's had a poor start, but he's. This is like a 2,400 meter race at Flemington. You know, the start doesn't dictate anything. It is the midpoint and that second lap. I don't know. I reckon he'll kick in the last five, six I'd be worried about
2: a Maximus Verstappen sneaking through. If he can split them and Perez stays behind, you can start playing a bit of two-man game here, which is what Max has been crying out for the last couple of years since Danny left. Well,
1: Max made some mistakes. Max has made mistakes. Every every week. week, Every weekend, and he made a mistake qualifying. This is what Lewis Hamilton doesn't Mm. do. I bet. Lewis made mistakes in our last race in, uh, at Imola too. Yep. Max also did too when it was dry, he went off on the <laughs> in the gravel before the restart. That could oh. have ruined his race. We saw, uh, I mean, guys have pushed. What we're seeing is we're seeing more mistakes because in these four cars, they know they've got a shot. So much and closer. And they're pushing way harder than what they've traditionally had to yep. because of how close the teams are, which is good to see for the fans. Yep.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for VB as you say Campy. If he can hold the start and just have that track position, there is nothing stopping him from doing it uh, of course we'll also be watching further down the back of the grid for Danny Rick as well uh, but boys he'll come through thank you so much for our pre-drinks chat uh, you can't see but we don't have any drinks in our hand that was a rookie error wasn't it <laughs> but uh, I've got a mug of coffee looking you guys have some excellent cups which uh, if you're listening you'll be able to see first thing tomorrow morning uh, and speaking about first thing tomorrow morning boys uh, midnight race tonight so uh, strap in it's uh, going to be a slightly later one. Uh, but thanks for listening to this episode of the Oz F1 show, our primer pre drinks preview episode of the Portuguese Grand Prix. And we will see you bright and early in Australia time, at least, tomorrow morning. See you,
1: boys.